My name is Bill Crockett, and this is Touch of the Master's Hand. Thanks for joining us today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Touch of the Master's Hand. My name is Bill Crockett. Today, we're going to start a three-part special edition of Touch of the Master's Hand entitled, How to Know What's Right When It's Not Black and White. These are biblical principles for questionable things, those times when it's difficult to determine what is right and what is wrong. Let's begin in Romans chapter 14. I want to read two verses to you, the beginning verse and the ending verse of a section of scripture that the Apostle Paul wrote about how believers should respond when they're not sure what the right thing to do is. So Romans chapter 14, verse number one, accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. And then he begins to explain that. Then he comes to verse 23 at the end of that section of scripture. And in verse 23, right here at the end of chapter 14, he says this. But if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it, for you are not following your convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. So it's obvious from these verses that Paul is telling us doing the right thing is extremely important. So what we want to know is, how do we know what's right when the Bible is not clear on it, when it doesn't spell it out for us? How do we discern what God wants us to do in questionable or difficult situations? And by questionable or difficult, we're talking about difficulty in deciding if the action we're about to take is right or wrong. In essence, we're saying we're not really sure what the right thing is. In the Bible, God gives us some guiding principles that will help us to make those difficult decisions about right and wrong when it's not clear. In this three-part series, we're going to talk about eight guiding principles from the Bible that will help us with these questionable things. But today, before we dive into the eight principles, I wanted to spend today's episode talking about five foundational characteristics that must be true about our life in order for these eight principles to make sense. So let's take a look at these five foundational characteristics first. Characteristic number one, we have been born again by receiving Jesus Christ as our Savior. Now, this is the first and most important decision that we'll ever make in our life. Salvation is necessary for us to understand God's way of thinking. Without understanding God's way of thinking, we're not going to understand these eight principles that we're going to talk about, and we're not going to understand what God says about how to choose between right and wrong. We must learn to think like God thinks. Listen to Romans 12 and verse 1 and 2, where the Bible says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. 
Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. The key element of understanding God is his Holy Spirit that lives in us. That's how he helps us to learn to think differently. Now, this takes place, the Holy Spirit living inside of us, the moment that we receive Jesus as our Savior. Listen to these verses. Romans chapter 8 and verse 9. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. Romans eight sixteen, For his Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 22. And he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 5. God himself has prepared us for this, and as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. It's the Holy Spirit that helps us to understand God's way of thinking. And the Holy Spirit comes to live in us when we receive Jesus as our Savior. But listen to this and what the Bible says about how he helps us to understand God's way of thinking. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 through 14. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his Spirit. For his Spirit searches out everything, and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit, and no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual, meaning those who haven't received Jesus Christ and have the Holy Spirit living in them, people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. So, characteristic number one is we have received Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. And at that point, God gave us the Holy Spirit, who in turn will help us to understand God's way of thinking. So, without salvation, we don't have the Holy Spirit. And without the Holy Spirit, biblical truth, like these eight principles we'll talk about, will only seem foolish. Characteristic number two, we have a desire to do what God says. 
When Solomon finished building the temple and was praying his prayer of dedication over the temple, this is what he prayed in 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 58. May he give us the desire to do his will in everything and to obey all the commands, decrees, and regulations that he gave our ancestors. When Solomon prayed, one of the things he asked was that God would give them all the desire to do his will in everything and obey all his commands. Paul followed this up in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13, where he says this, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Unless we have a desire to do what God says, these eight principles won't make sense to us. If our desire to do what we want is stronger than our desire to do what God wants, then these principles aren't going to help us. But if pleasing God is the desire of our life, then these eight principles will guide us to make the right decisions in life. So foundational characteristic number one, we've received Jesus Christ as our Savior. We have the Holy Spirit living in us to help us understand the Bible. Foundational principle number two, we have a desire to do what God says. We want to do what's right. Foundational principle number three, we believe the Bible is God's instruction book to teach us what's right. Second Corinthians chapter three, or rather second Timothy chapter three and verse 16. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. The Bible must be our supreme authority for life, not our own thoughts or our own opinions. Then foundational principle number four, we understand that we are accountable to God for our own actions. Romans 14 verses 11 and 12. For the scriptures say, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me and every tongue will confess and give praise to God. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. When we realize that we are responsible to God for our own actions and not the actions of others, we're going to begin to view our decisions in a more personal light. This accountability to God drives us to do the right thing. And that brings me to the fifth and final foundational characteristic that must be true about our life if these eight principles are going to make sense. And that is, we realize that sin is disobedience to God's law or the Bible. First John chapter three and verse four, everyone who sins is breaking God's law for all sin is contrary to the law of God. When these eight principles refer to sin, they are talking about disobeying God and what he tells us to do in the Bible. When we understand this, and we understand that disobeying the Bible is sin, then doing what God says becomes supremely important as we go back to where we started in Romans chapter 14 and verse 23, where Paul says, if you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. So doing what's right becomes supremely important. In order for us to understand the eight biblical principles that guide us 
in determining right and wrong in questionable things, five characteristics must be true about our life. Number one, we must be a born-again believer in Jesus Christ must be our Savior so that the Holy Spirit lives in us and helps us to understand biblical truth. Number two, we want to do what God says. More than anything else, we want to do what God says. Number three, we believe the Bible is the instruction book that teaches us what's right. It's our supreme authority. Number four, we also understand we're accountable to God for every decision we make. And number five, we know that disobeying God is sin. If I don't do what's right, that's sin. With these five foundational characteristics in place, now we can begin to look at the eight biblical principles for helping us to know what's right when it's not black and white. Let's pray. Father, once again, thank you for the Bible. Thank you for teaching us what is right and wrong. Lord, thank you for giving us guidance. I pray that you will continue to teach us and help us in every decision we make to do the right thing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. I hope you'll join us tomorrow on Touch of the Master's Hand as we look at the first four principles for determining right and wrong in questionable areas out of the eight. Tomorrow, the first four principles. Have a great day. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. Goodbye, everybody.